It is the last, it is the last service of this year. And we are about to embark into a brand new year. And during this time, we hear so many resolutions being made. I've made them myself and broke them maybe a week after. But some of the resolutions that I thought about was losing weight, exercising, going on a diet, saving money. For those that smoke, quit smoking. For those that drink, quit drinking. Spend more time with family. We've all at one time or another made some sort of resolution only to find that we struggled with them. And I even thought about the various traditions that we have. And we laugh about it here in community. That's tradition of eating black-eyed peas, greens, cornbread. Now they taste pretty good to me and I had them when I was growing up and I had them on the New Year's Day. But I looked it up this time just to see what it meant. Black-eyed peas means pennies. Greens means dollars. Cornbread means gold. So what does that say to you? That we need to eat a lot of green beans? A lot of greens? A lot of cornbread? I don't think so. So tonight I want to share with you another way of offering a resolution. Another way of looking at a tradition that we can, all of us, establish in this year that's coming. And it comes from John. We heard it first. We heard it when we heard of John in Luke 1. When Gabriel, the angel of the Lord, told Zechariah that John would be born and have the spirit and the power of Elijah, and that he would turn the hearts of parents to their children, and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous, and to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And we heard it when Elizabeth conceived and gave birth at the appointed time and named, his, named him John. We heard in the sixth month of John's conception, the angel Gabriel announced to Mary, Elizabeth's relative, that she would conceive and give birth to the Son of God. And Joseph, her betrothed, was told to name him Jesus. And then in John, in the first chapter, the scripture says, there was a man sent from God whose name was John, and he came to witness, to testify to the light, so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the true light, which enlightens everyone, and that he was coming into the world. In Mark, we are told that John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of the repentance for forgiveness of sins. 
The scripture says that he was clothed in camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. And he proclaimed, the one who is more powerful than I is coming after me, and I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. The scripture also tells us that in those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And that he was coming, as he was coming out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the spirit descending like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven saying, you are my son, the beloved. With you I am well pleased. John came to testify, to testify to the true light that gives light to everyone who was coming into this world of darkness, Jesus Christ. The true light which enlightens those who believe in his name. For in seeing Jesus, we see God. We see the character of God. And in this believing, we, believe, we become the children of God. The word became flesh and lived among us. Those who received him and believed in his name through relationship with him, he gives the power of becoming children of God, not born of blood or the will of the flesh, but who are born of God. I reflected on this and thought, what a powerful gift we have, the gift of prayer, that prayer might bring life into the world. So I want to offer this other tradition to everyone, the gift of prayer. There are many ways of praying. We pray here at Richmond Hill all the time in the morning, at noon, at night. But aside from that, there are other ways of approaching prayer. The way of prayer is right if it draws you closer into a living relationship with God. And it is that kind of a relationship that makes a difference to what we say and what we do and who we are because it's transformative. So we pray. We pray because we're searching for a right relationship that may be found in the mystery that we call God. We pray because we long for nourishing this relationship. We pray because we're searching for a deeper meaning. Or maybe we're looking for guidance or even maybe our hearts are overflowing. We pray because we might be feeling compassion for others, and we hope that we can make a difference. Whatever the desire or the need, we have been given this gift of prayer. I have a book called, actually, The Gift of Prayer, Embracing the Sacred in the Everyday by Margaret Silf. 
And I would just like to share some of the things that she offers to us. Maybe it's something that you can hold on to. Maybe you can use it in your prayer time in this new year. First, she says to become still. Whatever prayer you make, however you are feeling, you need to become inwardly still to relax. Relax the muscles wherever we are, if we're sitting in a chair, standing up in our beds, on the sofa. Remind ourselves that we are being held by someone much greater than we are. The living God in an ocean of love. And then we breathe. We take a minute to be aware of our deep breathing. Don't change the rhythm. Just notice it. And each time we breathe and breathe out, consciously let go of any concerns that we might have, any anxiety. Each time we breathe in the love of God, in the life of God's creation. And we listen. We listen to the sounds, whatever sounds that might be. And if there are no sounds, listen to the silence. Listen to ourselves, to the beating of our heart, to the rhythm of our pulse. And know that we are being held by the heart of God. And then when you are concerned about someone, imagine yourself in that person's home. And in your prayer, sit down beside them. Allow their situation to fill your heart, knowing that God is receiving it. And as we go deeper with God, trust that in the heart of God, there is healing and wholeness. Pause to reflect. Ask yourself, is there anything practical you can do for the person that you're praying for? And then, if you are concerned about the world, try focusing on one real human aspect of the matter. Focus on the person's face that you've seen either on television or in the newspaper, or on t um, however you received it. Take those feelings you may have into the consciousness of God's presence, which is at the heart of prayer. You are making an invisible lifeline across the world, and you may never know what effect you're having if you're praying for that individual or praying for the situation. And then reflect. Is there any practical help you can give to bring a little of humanity into the situation that you're praying for? What if you don't know what to say to God? 
What if you can't even put it into words? Well, you say nothing at all. You simply be still with the silence. The time comes for all of us when words fade into silence. And the silence can open us up to the presence of God more powerfully than any number of words. then there are times when you have a lot to say to God. So much you don't even know where to begin. Let it all come out. Don't hesitate. Acknowledge and allow your prayer to become a conversation to a friend that you can say anything to, the kind of friend who will challenge you but won't stop loving you, the friend that will always be your friend. Then reflect on how that conversation is changing you, challenging you, affirming, or consoling you. There are times when we're furious with God. Don't suppress your anger until it goes inward and makes you depressed or turns outwards into words or actions of violence. Rage and wrestle with as much as you need to, and don't feel guilty about it. But in the raging and the anger, try to make a little oasis of stillness before you go back to a normal life, whatever that normal life might be. Let the force of the anger break over God like a wave on the beach. But then let there be a moment of stillness as the wave recedes. God can handle it. And in your reflection time, ask yourself, what is the root of the anger? And if there's a root of anger, is there a way to address it? Is there a practical human person that can help? And are you ready to ask for the help? As followers of Jesus Christ, we are the light of the world. When we pray with others, that light grows. We share our needs and concerns, not forgetting to notice the practical ways that we can bring change, positive change, to help and support whatever it is that's needed, be it individuals or be it something that's even bigger than ourselves. Together we can reflect on what is wrong in our hearts, in the way we function as a group or in society, the way we cherish or fail to cherish our own plans, our lives. Together, we can turn our prayers into positive action. And the light of Christ that we share can help many. We are not called to allow our light to be hidden. 
In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. The Word was God. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The true light that gives light to everyone in the world. The light that spoke truth, forgiveness, love, healing, and deliverance. Amen.